Hey everybody, Mike here, Hunting Ain't Easy, and uh, it's been a while since I've done anything live on the podcast. Um, it's man, it's it's hard to it's hard to hold the day job and and be a family man and uh, and also hunt and get out and about for for multiple days to hunt uh, and record podcasts. So uh, anybody that's out there creating content during the hunting season is. Uh, yeah, my hat, my hat's off to you, man. Um, so anyways, enough about that. I did get out last weekend and, um, only my second trip out, uh, in terms of multiple days, uh, getting out in, in, into the back country, um, D zone, if you recall, central California D zones opened up. Um, well, I went out for August archery, uh, opening week, about six days down there in central California. And then uh, I'd been hoping on getting back into that area. I really love that high country. You know, you get up into the nine, 10,000 foot range, central California mountains. Um, it's just spectacular scenery. And be, since I know where there's some bucks up there and I know where there at least was a, a good looking honey blonde bear um, in late August, I was really hoping to get back up in there <clears throat> when uh when that season opened up for general uh, rifle season but just couldn't put it together so i looked like i had maybe a three or four day weekend available uh last weekend and i figured i would dive into the d3 to 5 opening weekend for general and rifle season and um <clears throat> see what i could shake out um i hadn't been in that area well total of two days all this season all this year in terms of scouting um one day in june to place a few cameras and another day in uh in early july to check on those and that's it so not quite going in blind um i'd been in there a couple times last year as well so i had a pretty good idea of distances and and where i would be looking um but in terms of, you know, like kept checking the cameras, I really didn't know what what was back there in terms of overall inventory or quality of bucks. And so this was going to be a little bit of a, a three to four day weekend um, scouting trip uh, with rifle in hand and ready to to take a take a legal buck if I could. Um, as you all know, at this point, it's my fifth season hunting and uh, I just get close enough each year uh, in terms of improvement to, to tell me that I'm on the right path to, to success. And so I figured I'd go in and, um, while I'm not a trophy hunter, I couldn't say I am cause I, I've never really taken anything. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, I lean towards, I'd like to, I'd like to take an older buck. Um, I'd like to take a buck with some, some character, you know, um, legal buck spiked by fork, I'm going to pause, you know, I paused last year, uh, especially since I know that there's, there's more mature bucks in the area not necessarily just bigger racks, but just overall more mature bucks in the area. So on a, on a really young deer, you know, one, one and a half year old deer, I'm going to pause for sure. Um, but, uh, after that really it's, it's any legal buck counts as far as I'm concerned, because I want to, I want to seal the deal and, and get this first book, uh, buck taken care of. Um, should have some success to show for all the work that's put into it. So anyways, um, headed in and, uh, got a nice, um, 
I had a four days plan. I had, I went in Thursday night, I had Friday for scouting and then I had through, uh, end of the day, Monday to, to get back out of the, uh, out of the country there. And so I did some recording while I was up there, uh, this podcast, uh, we're just going to have basically the raw audio, um, forgive the quality, especially on the first segment. Um, you may need to turn the volume up a little bit. Uh, we'll see if we can doctor the audio a little and, and crank up the volume for you. But uh, you may it, it's a little soft on the sound on the first segment, and then the other three segments are are a little bit better. But you'll hear you'll hear the the wind in the background a little, and and uh, I'm up there on the ridge in the mountains, um, just doing some recording and some play by play in terms of what I'm what I'm planning and what I'm seeing and and how things go. So hope you enjoy that aspect of it, and then. Um, now that we're about a week out, I'm, I am going to do a little more of a debrief. Um, now that I've got some time to think about, you know, what all, what all happened and, and what some takeaways are, um, for myself and, and obviously happy to share them with you as well. Uh, what I can take away from this hunt, uh, in terms of, of what I would do, uh, in the future, what I think worked out well for me, um, what may not have worked well for me and, and what I need to learn, uh, to do better and, and be, be more skilled with. Um, so I'll do that in a separate podcast. Um, this one will probably come in about an hour and, um, and then we'll do a little deeper dive breakdown and, and, uh, discussion of, of how the hunt went. Um, a little more retrospective uh, now that I've had some time. So hope you enjoy the play-by-play from the mountains live and uh, look forward to uh, hearing your feedback and, and feel free, obviously, to, to hit me with questions uh, on Instagram. Hunting ain't easy. Uh, however, I will, spoiler alert, as if any of you saw on, the, uh, on Instagram, I can no longer say I've never <laughs> taken a buck here in California. So we had some success. I had some success there in the mountains and, uh, I will still say that hunting ain't easy and, um, hope you enjoy the show. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Mike here with hunting ain't easy. And, uh, it is Thursday evening, Thursday night. It's dark. I'm on a ridge. I think or an 8,000 foot elevation. And I'm about five miles in. So I'm pretty sure I'm the only one back here. Uh, general rifle season, general season, rifle open, or whatever you want to call it, opens up on Saturday. I've got a deer tag, a buck, and a, and a bear tag. And uh, I'm going to give this, uh, I'll probably. It's short hunt, relatively short hunt. I think I'm just hunting through Monday. So, but hey, there's an opportunity that I might just pack out Saturday morning if I if I close the deal early. Um, so hiked in early so I can do some scouting tomorrow. Um, I'll do some glassing, you know, right and early with sunrise and hopefully see some deer. I bumped a bumped a doe coming in. Which for this area, this is the first time I I bumped a doe or buck and seen it. <laughs> I'm sure I've bumped some animals before, but uh, so that was kind of good. Proof of life: there are deer in the mountains. So uh, 
the funny thing is, I think a year, two, three years ago, um, I probably had bumped, you know, I bumped hundreds of animals, I'm sure, but not seen them. And this doe that I saw, she was running kind of down a drainage, 100, 150 yards out, maybe downhill and uh, in gray light. So the sun was just setting. And I think most of the time in the past, I just wouldn't have even seen, seen her. Um, and for some reason, you know, I, I think I'd stopped. Just pause to look around, which I do more now than I used to. Just pause, look around, you know, glass the hills that I can see. And um, so I, I, I saw her and I felt pretty good about that. So anyways, tomorrow, scouting, Friday before the rifle season opens up. Um, scouting for two things. One, get up in glass, hopefully see some bucks. And if I do, I'm just going to watch them. I'm going to watch them all day if I have to, if I have the opportunity. So hopefully see some bucks and figure out what they're going to do, see what their pattern is, if it is such a thing, and um, give me some ideas about what to do going into Saturday. But the other thing I'm scouting for is water because there is not, there's no water here. It's dry. Um, so I need to find out tomorrow how far down the drainage is, the canyons. I got to drop to find a seep or a spring or a creek. Um, I know they are there. You know, these, you get up this high and you'll find these drainages. And if you go far enough down, you're going to find water. So that's good. Um, but it's going to be a, a significant part of the logistics for this hunt is navigating the water situation. So, um, besides the five mile hike in water always keeps, um, or a lack of water thins out the number of hunters that are back here. So that's good. Um, but, uh, the animals figure it out. They find a way to make it work. So I'm not too worried about them. Um, obviously if I, if I find a seat that's, um, well, if I find a seat, then I'll check it out and see what uh, what kind of what traffic there is around it, because it may actually be an opportunity to uh, to hunt over it or hunt within sight of it to uh, see what kind of animals are coming and going. So that is something to think about. Uh, let's see here. I don't know. That's about it. Um, <laughs> I haven't had a backpack on with any weight and I haven't been in the mountains since uh, the archery hunt, which was about four weeks ago. And boy, without training, without continuing to hike, without doing stairs, um, lose some fitness pretty quickly, that's for sure. So thankfully this five mile hike in um, was not nearly as vertical as, as the hike I do to get into my spot. Um, down in the other zones that I had a little further south of here. So, uh, just, uh, you know, I don't know, two and a half hours or so. Not too bad. Um, I do know there's bucks in here. Uh, I do have some cameras in here. Um, I will check a couple of them. Um, there's a few cameras in here, or a couple cameras, 
probably two specifically that I won't check, I don't think. Because where they're located, it's just, it's prime, it's prime habitat. Um, it's likely to have moisture, uh, maybe not running water, but, but it's going to have some moisture. It's going to have uh, fresh green, you know, it's going to have green forage. Uh, it's sheltered, shaded, um, kind of broken timber, you know, kind of s s patchy, um, kind of mix of dense timber and an open open space. And so, anyways, a couple of those cameras, I'm not going to check, I don't think, because I don't want to go traipsing through these spots the day before the season opens and get my scent all over there, so... Um, I'll be back here, you know, for a few days and, uh, there's a couple cameras I'm just not going to bother with, uh, unless it's like, as I'm walking out and I'm done and <laughs> either done with a full pack with meat or done as in I'm just tapped out and I'm giving up. So, but there's a couple other cameras that I will check and, uh, we'll do that tomorrow and see what the inventory looks like of bucks that have paraded past the, uh, the cameras. Hopefully there's a few. I know there's a couple of good ones in here based on the last time I was in, which was literally about 10 weeks ago. So it's been a while. Um, it's one of those things where you leave a camera for two and a half months, three months, and uh, it's a surprise. It's either a really good surprise or it's a really bad surprise as to what's on that camera because it's had enough time to... Um, you know, take 15,000 pictures of, of grass and and leaves and trees waving back and forth. Or it's had enough time to take uh, a few hundred, hopefully, you know, pictures of, of really good wildlife. You know, bears, uh, you know, bobcat, coyote, mountain lions, bucks, does, you know, the whole, the whole gamut. Um, you get a good spot with a camera and you see it's like uh, the entire zoo walks past. So that's always fun to see. Um, but uh, it's been a while since I've been back here, obviously, with fires and archery season, forest closures. <sighs> yawn. Sorry. You have to enjoy a yawn with me. So a little breezy on the ridge. It's not cold. Skies are clear the next few days. I think the highs are like in the 70s, literally. It's it's not cold at all. I think morning is going to be a little brisk. It's going to be in the 30s, I believe, at least up at this elevation. So that'll be a little crisp and cool. But, uh, and breezy. So I'm hoping the directional winds will help me. Hope that Hopefully they work in my favor. So... Anyways, that's it. I'm going to tap out, lights out, time to sleep for a few hours. Hopefully, uh, not too many weird sounds go bump in the night and wake me up. So, cowboy camping, no tent, no tarp. Uh, I brought the tarp. I'll set it up, but not tonight. So, that's it. Hun hunting ain't easy. But I'm having a good time with it. So, see you tomorrow. Okay, it is Friday afternoon, it's about 4, 4.15, and um, <clears throat> season opener tomorrow for general season, packing the rifle this time, 
hoping to hoping to get a shot on a good buck, which for me will be my first buck, which means it just needs to be a legal buck. <laughs> I have dreams of closing the deal on a big mature buck. I know they're in here. Um, but, uh, the real deal is that unless it's just an absolute dink of a, of a, of a forky, like a, a spike by fork, I'm going to take the first good legal buck that I see. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on a ridge right now. I'll do a little recap. Let's see what happened this morning. Got out, um, got out early ish. Um, full moon, man. It was like a flashlight in my face all night. So got out, um, with first, you know, kind of gray light before sunrise and, uh, glassed up the main basin that I've been spending, that spent some time in, um, didn't see a thing until about 9 AM, 930. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's because of the full moon, the deer were, were bedding down with sunrise and then they got up and did some mid-morning uh movement and, and uh foraging browsing um so didn't see anything initially but then around 9 nine thirty, just you know a ridge that i'd looked at maybe a dozen times throughout the morning looked again and there's a there's a deer standing there might have been a doe might have been a spike um at the time i was pretty sure it was a doe but uh, later I saw a deer and another deer, that a, a, a pair that I thought ended up being the same one. But anyways, I'll go back to the doe. So doe's on the ridge, just kind of browsing down, um, right out in the middle of everything. It's so easy to see once you know they're there. <clears throat> so watched her for a little bit, and then um, another deer joined her. It's a little smaller, so maybe maybe a yearling um looked too big to be a fawn from this year but uh another deer joined her uh they browsed for a little bit and then bedded down in the shadows just off just a little ways down the ridge and into the into some timber and it's crazy because knowing that she's there i could glass her up with the spying scope if i hadn't known she was there i would have i'd look right past her absolutely would not see her they just they just become invisible when they tuck into the shadows so <clears throat> watch watch those two for a little bit and then um decided i'd drop down some and check some cameras um checked a couple cameras that had that was down probably 7400 foot elevation and lots of traffic lots of doe and fawn traffic on these cameras just steady like every day every other day so good spot good spot to see that there's there's deer here but it was just really remarkable that um across the two of them there was only one buck over a 10-week period and it was a nice buck looked like maybe a three by two so you know not not super young but uh Anyways, at that lower elevation, it was definitely kind of the nursery, which I know there's other bucks in here. I know there's a bigger deer in here. And so my guess is, you know, for me, that helps narrow down 
that that area is not where I'm going to hunt. Um, the, the bucks are somewhere else and I'm guessing they're higher up. <clears throat> My guess, you know, di- maybe different exposure, um, thicker timber higher up on the ridges if they're going to be out in the open at all. And, uh, so moved across the basin some and, um, checked another camera, same thing on this finger ridge, just steady traffic of does and fawns, yearlings, you know, small deer, um, spike did show up on this finger ridge, but just every day up and down, up and down. So again, telling me that there's deer here, um, mostly the same fawn. So it's the same deer that were on those other cameras. It's not like it's a whole nother population, but, um, they, they get around. So they're there. And then finally I rotated further across the basin, um, to where I believe there would still be a spring running and, uh, I have a camera in that spot too. That camera had the bucks. It had all the deer, had the bucks, had, um, the does with the fawns had the yearlings had the had the spike so obviously water right now late september it's bone dry up here it's free it's warm it's it's too warm by my book but um that was encouraging to see some uh some bucks hanging out down there and not just once you know multiple days um different times of day morning afternoon so I think that water is key and it's going to, it's going to be helpful. So I loaded up on water for myself, got myself a couple days worth. Um, so I don't have to go back in there until maybe Sunday afternoon at the earliest. Um, and, uh, and just popped up a little higher up on the ridge and bumped over to another basin that, um, I'm going to glass up for, the next couple hours, you know, just, uh, see what this basin holds in terms of early evening activity, hoping that the deer just step out and, uh, make themselves seen. (laughs) It would sure be nice if they do that. Um, we'll see what happens this evening in this basin and then I'll figure out what the game plan is going to be for the next couple days my expectation is that that spring and the timber above it and the the kind of the the steep drainages that go down to it are where the deer are going to be and uh it's hard to glass into there um there are a couple vantage points though that i can get eyes on that spot specifically where where the water is and so um i think it's going to be a combination of just super slow creeping in still hunting down from the top of the ridge when the wind is in my favor creeping down from the top of the ridge uh towards that spring and maybe even past it um during the day and then uh trying to get my eyes on it in the morning and the evening so that i can see uh hopefully see some animals coming to it so I don't have to see it directly, but if I can see animals heading to it, then that'll be just as good. So anyways, three days, uh, feels short. <laughs> feels like I got to get 
I got to get it done. Um, but uh, the season, obviously, just kicking off this weekend. There's there's several weeks ahead if it doesn't happen. But uh, hunting easy. Um, but I think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to get that buck. Legal buck number one. It's going to happen. All right. More updates later. All right. Back at camp Friday night, having my signature dish of uh, cold-soaked Mountain House. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. I mean, it's pretty bad, but we're not up here for luxury living, you know. So, I uh, what I do is I repack the Mountain House dinners into a, I think it's a quart Ziploc bag and throw a scoop of Lono Life bone broth into it. A little extra nutrients, uh, some extra protein, some extra salt, and uh, makes it healthy, right? So, and then I also add two tablespoons of MCT oil just to jack up the uh, calories a little bit. So, throw that into the Ziploc bag and packs nice and tight and compact ends up saving i don't know like an ounce in weight per per dinner but you know it adds up less bulky less weight it's good and then what i do is i i pack a single mountain house foil um dinner packet uh empty and i use that pouch as my uh hydration pouch so just throw cold water in and uh let it soak 20 minutes or so and chow down so anyways uh that last basin i was in nothing 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 couldn't believe it but um i did not stay until absolute last light uh i wanted to see some of the vantage points at dusk on the way back just to double check where I'm going to post up tomorrow morning. So anyways, yeah, that basin, um, stayed there until probably 10 minutes before sunset and, um, just didn't, didn't glass anything up. So it's the way it goes. But I forgot to mention earlier, um, in addition to the two deer that I saw, just basically right out in the sun around 9.30 in the morning and then I watched them go over and uh, bed down in, in the trees in addition to those two uh, bumped a couple deer looked like two does and um, and then like a couple minutes after that looked down the drainage that I was standing over and there's a buck there's a spike and a smaller deer, probably a one-year-old. Um, and that's why when I saw those two, just from the size of the two and the location, I thought maybe that's actually what I saw earlier as well. Um, and then hiking out to that drainage, um, saw another deer in the same area, looking down into, uh, from the ridge, looking down into this, this small finger ridge, um, saw another deer crossing over that finger ridge so high traffic spot down there 
um, kind of at the base of a few drainages that come together. So anyways, um, saw seven deer. I actually think it was probably four deer that I saw multiple times, but I saw seven deer today and one spike buck and no legal bucks. But uh, that'll happen tomorrow because tomorrow the season opens and the hunt is on. All right. We'll come at you tomorrow with some good news. Okay. Um, it's Saturday night. Back at camp. <sighs> Long day. Man, got out early. And uh, hiked over to the basin that I was glassing yesterday evening. I didn't see anything over there at uh, sunset, but figured since I was up early enough, I could uh, I could get over there and get set up and, and really have a couple hours of good glassing, which I did. Um, but I didn't see anything. Saw I saw one doe. So um, and saw get this seven other hunters in the morning um, looking back looking back along the ridge towards where I camped um, I saw a headlamp coming into the area where I stay or stayed last night um, and that was at like six 5.30, 5.30 in the morning, I think. Um, and I'm, I'm five miles in, so they got an early start. Um, and then in the basin where I was glassing, I had a guy hike past me. He said there's four other people in the area. And... Um, at that point, over the next hour, I found two guys that were like directly across the basin from me on, on, on the opposite ridge. Um, two guys hiked past me and a, uh, a third guy I saw up on, up on another ridge, kind of above us. So, um, six, other hunters over there and then the one or two not sure how many it was actually um but the headlamps that i saw back towards where i camped i've never had that happen before usually i uh usually i go get back far enough to where i don't see anybody um so that was kind of surreal that was weird uh, anyways, hiked back after a few hours there, uh, worked my way back towards the main basin that I was working with the cameras and whatnot, um, the other day and, uh, kind of set up a strategy. I wanted to, I want to get into kind of a, a position with the wind 
in my face and uh, be able to kind of creep down through that basin along the drainage that's still got some water in it or, or creep down to get to that point. Um, and uh, I did that and then there was a camera in there that I hadn't checked because it was at the top of this this uh, this this kind of spring fed well snow melt fed and then spring fed um, kind of tilted meadow it's kind of like a almost like a vertical meadow but uh, still got some moisture in it look like so I want to check that out and I was thinking about just posting up at the top of that that area that 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 open area it's probably about 100 yards long and um, I don't know, 30 yards wide so seemed like it might be excuse me yawns seems like it seemed like it might be a good opportunity check the camera um, lots of junk but uh, a couple cool videos of, um, of a really nice buck actually a couple nice bucks one of them just really tall it's like a four by three or a three by three but really tall forks um like the bases are tall like, like it, before it branches out the main beams go up quite a bit it's really kind of a cool looking buck um so anyways check that and then um realized that the slope of the the hill there was such that i wouldn't have as good a visibility as i wanted to so worked my way down a little bit and uh got to where I was about 150 yards above an opening I, and had a good clear view of the slope and um, and then there's kind of some broken timber and opening uh, just across this tiny little creek and so I thought that looked like a good spot to hopefully see some bucks moving either up or down that drainage or crossing at that spot because it's got some opening hopefully crossing at that spot to um you know using the water and and moving across the hill at that spot so kind of got in this position and uh <laughs> i'm not there for more than two minutes and i look down and there's a buck just standing in the shadows right at that spot that I was hoping to see bucks just standing there in the shadows looking right up at me and I'm thinking damn <laughs> so I start of course grab the grab the rifle and it's steep it's this steep slope so getting getting a good setup for me is, is was troubling and I'm thinking ah shoot I'm gonna move too much and this buck's gonna bounce but I don't think um, he didn't. I don't think he, uh, I think the backdrop behind me, I had a lot of trees and brush and stuff behind me and some, some low ground cover and you know bushes and stuff in front of me. So I think I had a pretty good broken up silhouette. But um, man, I was just shaking, just trembling. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get my composure. And so, um, 
finally I sat up and then reset like three times. Um, and finally there's a post or a stump in front of me that, uh, just kind of is broken off at like two feet off the ground. So I was able to kneel and use that as a, as a base, um, as a rest, put the rifle on. And uh, I actually took the time to, to calculate the angle and the MOA uh, adjustment. And so angle was, uh, it was like 144, 148 yards, 16 degree slope. And called for 0.35 MOA. Well, I brought it up one click. Um, so a quarter MOA. So I, I shorted myself a little bit there. But um, got settled enough to where I felt like I could pull the trigger. And uh, boom, did that. And of course, um, the bucks, the buck bounced out of there. I didn't see it where it went. Um, to the right of it, basically, it was timber and brush, and kind of lose visibility. And so, and that's downhill towards the creek. And so, I'm, I, I immediately figured that he went that way, slightly downhill and towards the creek, and. Um, so I'm still just shaking at this point. <laughs> um, you know, I'm hoping like through my binos, I'm hoping like I could see blood or something splattered or on the ground, but I couldn't see anything. So sat there for a half hour and uh, I know from listening to podcasts and uh, and also just reading and whatnot that you got to give you got to give the deer at least a half hour before you try to go in if it's not dead any kind of pressure is going to make it get up and go um, if it's wounded it's going to bed down but any kind of pressure is going to push it so I get down there and uh, kind of looking at the scene. Of course, it looks different once you're standing there compared to 144 yards away up a hill. So kind of get my bearings straight and figure out where exactly the buck was standing. Um, and there's no blood. <laughs> None at all. So I'm walking around in circles a little bit. Um, just trying to scan the area. There was a uh, definitely foot footprints. You could see where he had kind of vaulted, like just you know jumped, like really dug into the ground right where he was standing. <clears throat> and you could see he dug in and 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 moved fast. And so that was a good tell that uh, he was there. And then so finally, I'm I'm looking at the ground close and. I see uh, these splatters of, of, you know, green 
green stuff and I smell it. It's, it's, it's intestines. It's, uh, it's stomach. It's food. It's, uh, partially digested grass and, and, uh, browse basically. So I'm like, damn. So gut shot, no blood. And, uh, text a buddy of mine who's killed quite a few deer in his life. And, uh, he's also a biologist. So hit him up. Uh, he's, he's in, he's in Idaho elk and deer hunting right now, but thank goodness he had cell service. So he actually recommended wait three to five hours before going in and looking for this deer just to be sure that it beds down and dies as opposed to bedding down and then me bumping it. So, uh, I gave it four hours and, um, that was a long four hours. (laughs) Of course, by the time I got down there and found, you know, what had happened, figured out what had happened. It had been an hour, so I only needed to wait another three hours. So, uh, waited three more hours and, uh, then I started planning out my, my grid to search for this buck and um, I kind of went I was going to do I was going to do a grid side hill like 100 yards both directions drop down 10-20 yards do it again but uh, I don't know something told me better off focusing on the side of the creek that we were on and just going downhill along the creek. And so I did that. Um, just kind of busting through the brush and, and uh, going downhill a um, couple hundred yards. I haven't, I haven't checked on, on, uh, on X. I dropped a couple pins, of course, and so I'll go back and look and see what the distance was, but it felt like a couple hundred yards. Um, so went, went down and, uh, lo and behold, <laughs> I see him, I see him laying there. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> and so, uh, walk up on him real slow. Um, his eyes were, were bright and shining and, uh, still kind of wet. Um, so he may not have passed too long before that. Um, I hate letting meat sit. So the whole, you know, three to five hours thing is concerning. Obviously if the animal's not dead, you're not losing your meat, but it's just, uh, just one of those things where I'd like to get on that animal as soon as it's down and dead to, uh, start breaking it down and getting the meat cooled down, but, uh, really cool, cool. I mean, just beautiful buck, just absolutely beautiful buck. Um, obviously my first, my first, uh, deer, uh, this is my fifth season hunting and, uh, just a beautiful buck. It's got a, it's a four by three, kind of a basket 
rack, the the points actually turn in quite a bit. Um, so it's a four by three. It's got a two on the on the side with three. It's got two little stickers sticking out. One of them you might actually say is a point, but it's not. I mean, it's a sticker. Um, and then little brow tines, little, uh, you know, I don't know, inch tall brow tines. Um, kind of bladed a little bit, the way the antlers are structured. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, not stoked about the gut shot. So as it turns out, I hit it about four inches back of the front leg and about four inches too low, really. Um, because of the downhill shot, you know, the whole thing about aim for the exit hole, aim for the exit wound. Um, I didn't do that, obviously. Well, I didn't do it very well, even if I tried. Um, so it was low and back a little bit and basically punched through it's his gut came out. Um, there was an exit, um, but it came out just like dead center, middle of his belly. Um, but what happened was, I don't think the bullet came out. The bullet didn't pass through. What it did was it pulled a bunch of his intestines down kind of in a, in a, in a knot and, and filled that hole so that he wasn't bleeding at all. I think if the, if the bullet had, had, had passed through underneath his belly, he would have gone down a lot faster. So, but I wouldn't have known because I still would have waited those four hours. Anyways, um, gut shot's not ideal, obviously. Um, they're going to die. And the key is that uh, you got to find them. But then you got to wait. You got to wait, but then you got to find them. So just really happy that starting off to the tr- look for this buck at 5 p.m., it didn't take more than 10 or 15 minutes to get to him. <sighs> um, took a while to break them down. I'm not real fast nor am I really good at it yet. <laughs> but uh, broke them down, four game bags with meat. And uh, got, you know, so got the, got the four quarters. Did a decent job getting the back straps, though not, not a great job. These are not going to be served on any uh, fine dining establishments establishments china that's for sure um but yeah got the back straps got some neck meat um and then uh 
didn't do such a good job on the Cape. So realistically, no, this is not going to be a, you know, a full mount. Um, probably going to go with a, uh, a European, even though his, this, the, the buck's face is, is really, you know, it's beautiful. Um, but, uh, yeah, so heck of a day. Oh, and then the pack out. Yeah, so I was about, I was about, uh, 600 feet down in, uh, this drainage and, uh, mile and a half, two miles from camp. That pack out sucked. <laughs> that was tough. It was very hard. Um, very heavy pack. Uh, definitely going to be two trips to get out to the truck because I'm five miles in right now. And obviously I've got my camp plus all the gear, plus the meat and the, the, the head, the rack. So, um, two trips for sure. But, uh, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see how the meat ends up I know some of it got some taint from the, uh, the gut shot situation, but, um, hoping I can get cleaned up and trimmed out and, uh, be in good shape with some meat. So I'm excited to have venison at home and, uh, I'm pretty stoked about this deer and the overall trip and the, and the journey it's been to, to get to this point five years, fifth year. This is the fifth year of doing this whole backcountry pack in hike to hunt thing. So I'm, uh, I feel like I figured something out. Put some, put some, put the experience and lots of failures and lessons learned the hard way. And, um, heck lots of input from people on my podcast. Um, I got to say, I have Doug Dreher. I have his words of wisdom. Find the pockets. Find the open pockets in the forest where deer can hang out and forage, but not leave the timber. (laughs) I have his... uh, I have his words of wisdom going through my head all the time out here now, but obviously other podcasts too. So much good information out there. So anyways, that's it for now. You can sign off. I'm going to grab a little bit of sleep before getting up to uh, enjoy a 15 mile day of <laughs> packing out all this stuff. So See ya. Okay, and that's a wrap. So uh, those are my live outtakes, recordings from the mountains on uh, my first successful uh, deer hunt here in California. Um, Really my first successful deer hunt anywhere. So thanks for hanging with me through that. And uh, obviously, thanks for hanging with me through all the podcasts. Um, This is just the beginning of, uh, of hopefully many more hunts that are successful. Um, I kind of feel like I, uh, I got lucky 
I also kind of feel like I've put some things together that that required experience and knowledge and and some good intuition and, and whatnot. So I guess the test of whether or not this was all luck or a combination of of experience and intuition and and uh, you know putting it all together after many years, um, the test of that and what will be the indicator is is whether or not I can do this again. Uh, repeatedly, at least uh, more often than once every five years. So uh, thanks for hanging in and listening to uh, the podcast. I am going to come back around and do more of a, uh, you know, a debrief um, from the hunt and my takeaways uh, in a separate podcast. Now that I've had some time to, to kind of think on it and fully process what worked and what didn't work. Um, so that'll come up after this one uh, by a couple days. And uh, anyways, Hunting ain't easy, especially here in California. Um, hope you're getting out there, chasing, chasing your adventure and chasing uh, the big game that you're that you're interested in. Um, there's four more weeks of season left, I believe, for most of us. And if you're a bear hunter, uh, the numbers are low this year in terms of harvest. So I think you are going to have right up until the last day of the season, which, um, if I am looking at the calendar right. All of us bear hunting here in California, we're going to have until about December 26th to close the deal on a California black bear. So put some time on your calendar, make sure you've got a bear tag and get out there and find yourself a nice, healthy, fat black bear with a beautiful coat. Um, that could be quite a trophy as well as put some legitimate meat in the freezer. Um, We'll talk more about that in the next few weeks as well. Thanks, everybody. Okay.